going on, guys? This is the Let's Talk Soccer Boys here recording a podcast for Game Week 38 Plus. Josh, how you doing, buddy? I'm all right. How are you? Good, good. I'm glad that we could do this. We got a lot of questions from people on our Instagram page. So uh, probably have a lot of new listeners here. So thanks to those that submitted questions. Um, as always, thanks to everyone that follows us and interacts with us on Instagram. You guys make this all worthwhile. Uh, you know, we're just a father and son team here that love football. We love the Premier League, and certainly, um, as as painful as it is sometimes, we love um, FPL as well. But um, you know, we really enjoy interacting with everyone. So, what we're going to do today is uh, because of all the questions that we've gotten, we figured the best way to address a lot of these is by recording a podcast. So. Here we are. So we're going to go ahead and just dive in. Now, we're not going to get to everybody's questions because there's hundreds and hundreds of them, but there's a good chance that if someone is asking a question, then this question is on the minds of lots of other people. So I think we'll still capture a lot of questions and be able to answer a lot of those questions that may be on your mind as well. Okay, so first question here. Sun or KDB, Kane or Aubameyang. So sounds like it's pick one of each. Pick a midfielder and pick a forward. Uh, so first, let's talk about Sun or KDB. What are you thinking? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say KDB. I I think he just makes a little bit more sense. It, it's sort of dependent on your position, though. Right. So if you are happy with your overall rank. Um, you are in a leading position in your mini league. Couple of examples there. Um, KDB is kind of the the safer one, right? He's got a lot more ownership than Sun does. So um, you know, if you weren't to own KDB and he has any sort of an attacking return of any sort, then um, your rank's going to suffer. Yes, a lot. Whereas if you're trying to make up lost ground, you're rank is lower than you'd like and you have a, a certain threshold that you uh, would like to hit before the end of the season or you need to make up some lost ground in your mini league, then then Sun is your answer. Yes. Um, I think both have really favorable games. Neither has been on particularly great form, so let's, let's put that out there. Um, Man City, of course, face Norwich and... Man City, I think, from an attacking standpoint overall as a team, have a lot more to offer, uh, which also means that uh, the attacking returns can sort of be spread around a team like that. Not guaranteed that if there's goals that KDB is necessarily going to be involved, whereas with Spurs, you can pretty much bet that uh, Sun and or Kane are involved in the majority of their, their goals. So really, for that one, I think it depends on what your goal is with your your rank, uh, whether you want a differential or not. With uh, Kane versus Aubameyang, I'm going to go with Kane. Yeah, I agree with you. The form is better with Kane, uh, and we've got some handy-dandy stats here that we're looking at. Game weeks, 35-plus through 37-plus, so looking at uh, sort of most recent performance, last three games going into this final game week. Um, and this is the Opta data 
that our friends from Fantasy Football Hub have given us access to. So if you haven't given them a try, we really, really recommend that you do, especially at the start of next season. Um, some fantastic tools, and you've seen, uh, seen us post some of um, the information that we gather from there, but um, we'll talk about that more later. Um, but from an attacking standpoint, you know, Kane is looking pretty healthy uh, with shots on target. Um, expected goals over the last three game weeks um, is 2.84, which is among the highest. And certainly he's, we know he's scored um, four goals. Key passes are high. So some impressive stats. BPS uh, for Kane actually is um, second highest from the list that we have um, just behind Antonio. So uh, overall, I think Kane's the better choice, um, although, of course, Aubameyang is capable of... Yeah, they're both capable of doing well. Also, the matchup is looking, I would say, slightly more favorable for Kane. That's a great um, point. Crystal Palace, just they're not great right now. Yeah. Um, when you look at Arsenal's fixture against Watford... If you just look at the table, you might think differently, but Watford have much more to play for than mm-hmm. than um, than Crystal Palace, yep. and they they need a result, uh, so they're going to be playing all out this game. Yeah, very very good point, and you know certainly um, as Watford are are trying to attack and and get the goals that they need, uh, that leaves them open to the counterattack, which Aubameyang with his speed is is quite good at, but. Um, Crystal Palace, some key injuries defensively. Um, they don't really have anything to play for other than, than pride and winning their final game of the season. So um, I think we like Kane there. Let's see what else we've got. Um, I have my free hit available. Can you name three must-have players? Who's the first player out of your mouth? For must-have players? Mm-hmm. Um, well... I think it has to be maybe one of the United, United boys. Um, I say that because even though they haven't been playing great in their last two mm-hmm. matches, mm-hmm. it's still such an important game, especially against Leicester. Mm-hmm. And you know they they have to just they have to bring it. Um, they do have to bring it. The tough decision is which one. That's right. always the <laughs> right. tough choice between. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't know, what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Martial, Rashford, and Bruno, and even Greenwood. Yeah, even yeah, Greenwood is. It's actually been a very popular one. Um, yeah. If I had to choose one, mm-hmm. I would probably pick Bruno just because of normally his um, his effective ownership is extremely high. Yeah. Meaning that if you don't have him, you're losing points just, just, just like for that. him playing. Yeah. yeah, you're right. His effective ownership is high. He has not looked good lately. I'll say that. Um, and anybody that owns him or has captained him, I think would would say the same. But um, he strikes me as the kind of player that uh, isn't going to – that's not going to sit well with him. And uh, I think we'll see a very inspired uh, Bruno going into this final game. And like you said, uh, United need a result. Um, Leicester City have been very uh, porous on defense and have conceded quite a number of goals. So I think Bruno's a great pick. Um for me, I guess I'll say, well, I want to say Sterling first. Um, Sterling has been extremely impressive. Uh, the reason that he took the 
the, the penalty last game uh, was not enough against Kevin De Bruyne or that Pep doesn't trust Kevin, but uh, it's a pretty rare thing for a winger to amass 20 goals in a season, and that's what Sterling is trying to get to. Um, it's a personal goal of his, and he'd be happy with that accomplishment, and now he's, what, one goal? Yes. I think away from that. So um, he will certainly come out guns blazing. He was taken off early last game, so I think he's rested. Um, Pep needs to put out a top squad, uh, not because it's Norwich, but because it's their last competitive opportunity before they play Real Madrid in Champions League. So I think uh, he'll want to get his team prepared for that. So I'll say Sterling. The third one, because you asked for three, um, it's a sentimental one, and, and this name will come up a lot, I think, and it has in the question that we've received, is David Silva. Yes. And if for no other reason, then ownership should be relatively high. Um, and I think the team will do everything it can to get him a return of some sort, whether it's uh, assists or goals. I would imagine that he'll be on free kicks. Um, if they get a penalty, he might just take it. He just might take it. Uh, I think the team's going to do what it what it they can to uh, to perform at their best and help facilitate a lot of success and a really really memorable send off for him. Now, um, I'm not necessarily sold on him as an asset that's going to rack up a lot of points this weekend. This may be sort of an unpopular opinion. I, I love him as a player. He's one of my favorite all-time players, without a doubt. I think he's a class act, uh, and Man City are certainly going to miss him. I do think it's a little bit of a sentimental pick, um, and I think a lot of people's opinions are, are being skewed because of this. Uh, it is the send-off, and for all the reasons that I just said, um, I, I do believe those things to a degree, but I think you, you can go without David Silva this game week and be okay. Um, I, you know, there's been some speculation that, and this has been done for other club legends, uh, not just at Man City, but with other clubs as well. You know, might he be uh, taken off in the 21st minute yeah. by Pep, you know? Um, as you know, something of significance there. So uh, that would freak out a lot of all of his owners, really. Um, and is you know, Pep might just be crazy enough to do that. I think it's a lot more likely to happen if it was at home and in front of supporters. Yeah, like a crowd to cheer him. Yeah, off. a little standing ovation. Uh, and since it's not, I, I think it's not super likely, but. It is something in the back of my mind um, that is, you know, keeps sort of, it's a little uh, itch that I can't scratch back there, I guess. Now, if I had to give one more, uh, I think it's Mikhail Antonio. He's been on fire lately. I don't know if he's a must-have. Um, he's not in our current free-hit draft. But if we were able to have a six defend or six midfielder, I think he would. He'd be right there in there. If you look at his underlying stats, um, he has taken the most shots in the last three games. He has the highest 
uh, big chances with seven, the highest uh, expected goals with nearly four. He's scored the most goals with six, and he has accumulated the most FPL points with 42. I mean, it's, it's pretty much the perfect formula for a, a big game, especially a team like Austin Villa, who's not super – they still have some to, some stuff to play for, but mm-hmm. still, the way he's been playing – it sounds like a great player to have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he would be a differential too, which I think um, you know, in in terms of uh, reliability of differentials, sometimes that can sort of fluctuate. And uh, I think he's pretty reliable there. And I think the his team will do everything it can to see him get goals. And certainly, you know, Villa need to uh, if they're going to salvage the season and and stay in the Premier League. Uh, there are certain things that they need to do to accomplish that in the game, uh, which could potentially leave them open to uh, Antonio. I mean, if you look how he played against Manchester United last night, probably could have had another one easily in that game. Um, so I, I think that, you know, those that don't own him could regret that decision. All right, next up, um, we'll just summarize a lot of these questions, because they're all similar, is uh, best defenders to pick for uh, for Game Week 38+. plus. Now, I think a very popular opinion are um, are the Burnley defenders, because the, the team has effectively come out and said, or really outright said, uh, that they're going to do everything they can to get Pope the clean sheet so that he can have the, the clean sheet record. Um and I can definitely respect that he has been an amazing FPL asset all season. Um, easier said than done, though. A lot of times when you sit back and defend and try to protect a clean sheet, you allow the team that you're up against to continuously reload and and take more shots at you So um, versus just maybe a little bit more of an open game. So that concerns me a little bit. We own Pope. Um, and we have a couple of other Burnley defenders. Um, they do. Um, one of the teams that you would want to go up against, uh, if you're, you're Burnley, Brighton, um, not looking too great attacking-wise. Um, the last three games, not, not very much of a, of a threat at all. So um, certainly... Certainly a team to go up against. So, um, well, I don't know that the the triple up defensively, and we'll include Pope in that, um, is necessary. But uh, having at least one Burnley defender, I think, yeah, is... Yeah, you, you, by this time, you, you should have a Burnley defender either way, um, like already in your team yeah. normally. And they're pretty price-friendly, right? Um, Tarkowski uh, is the most expensive of the bunch, but then you've got uh, Bardsley and Peters, too, um, who... Are I think uh, Bardsley's four point four million and Peters is four point three million, so definitely budget friendly there. So I would say one of them, um, Alexander Arnold, uh, just continues to impress. And after last night's game, it's it's hard to ignore him at all and go without him. His effective ownership is going to be through the roof. Um, you know the points that he can deliver in a game where it looks like, and they are certainly um, on the odds makers and um, favored to keep a clean sheet. 
Um, so there's potentially some points right there. My only thing with Alexander-Arnold, and even Sala and Mane for that matter, is will they start? Um, they, they've now uh, played at home. They've, they've gotten their trophy and their winner's medals. Um, how will What will Klopp do here? Will he give the young guys a chance to sort of, um, you know... Have a run at it. Get a little experience, yeah, have a run at it. Or will he want, you know, the, the, the core of the team that, that won the league for Liverpool this season uh, to get their minutes? You know, will he want um, Salah to have the best chances possible of maybe winning the golden boot? He's going to need a few goals. Uh, certainly having Alexander-Arnold in there up that right side um, only helps. So it'll be interesting to see. But I think one of Alexander-Arnold or Robertson is good to have. I think Aurier um, is a great one to have, not only because um, Spurs have a great chance at a clean sheet against Palace, but also uh, he's a great, um, Aurier's a great attacking defender as well. I think he gets a lot of options there. He loves to get forward. <clears throat> he uh, provides a lot of service to Kane in the box, similar to how Alexander-Arnold does with Mane and Salah. So, uh, I think Aurier is a great option. And then if you're looking for some cheaper ones, I think Lamptey, uh, who's only 4.1 from Brighton, um, certainly if you're looking for bench uh, players, because there very well could be some rotation uh, in this final game among certain teams, um, he's he plays. He's super inexpensive, one of the most uh, affordable defenders, especially of those that start in the game. So I think he's a great one. I think Jack Stevens from Southampton is another. Um, Southampton have a good chance at a clean sheet, and he's another defender. So um, I think those would be my choices. Any others from you? I really like the idea of Lamptey, especially for Brighton, considering mm -hmm. that if Burnley are going to sit back more and go for a clean sheet, mm -hmm. If, I don't know if they're going to be attacking more, if they're just going to play normally, or if they're just coming out and saying, we're going to do our best. Yeah. But on the Brighton defense throughout the game, uh, there, there most likely would be less chances for Burnley to mm -hmm. score. Yeah. Having a possible uh, a great sort point. of reverse with the clean sheet. Excellent point. Next up, and this is another question we got quite a bit, is captain question mark. Um, I think there's a lot of good options. In, in the past few game weeks, it's actually um, been difficult as an FPL manager to decide who to captain. It's usually, in a lot of cases, between one or two very clear choices, and there hasn't been a lot of clear choices. And uh, maybe we're the, the worst people to ask because we haven't had very much luck with our captaincies uh, over, you know, since the restart. But um, the ones that we're considering... Um, are Sterling, Kane, I think Antonio makes for an interesting one, um, especially as a differential. And uh, It's just about who gets a, like that 
that touch bit more. Or less. Yeah, yeah. No, that's you bring up something interesting because on Twitter, uh, in the FPL community, there was a, a lot of debate going on between his FPL lucker skill and of course it's it's a combination of the two um and you know it it's especially with the captaincy it's you know uh a shot that hits off um the post or uh a fingertip save by a goalkeeper i mean look at Salah yesterday he, there were five goals scored by liverpool and he was involved in none of them uh, which is very unusual and he almost looked a little nervous and a little bit like he was trying to force it because he wanted to make a run um, at the golden boot. So um, hopefully for those that own him and those that captain him, he's a little more relaxed going into this final game. <clears throat> but, you know, it's like you said, it's, it's. Successful captain choice and a really frustrating one, but you know, um, Kane certainly is is coming into form, which is nice. His his expected goals is high. Um, he's scored four goals and looks to have found a good rhythm. Um, and even his expected assist is rather high among attackers. Um, we've we've talked about Antonio and his impressive stats. Uh, we know that Sterling is on great form because he came off early. Um, it's likely that he'll start uh, and that the team will want to help him get to uh, his 20th goal uh, because he's he's come out and said that that that's um, something that he wants to hit. Um, I think others in terms of differentials, I think Mares is is an interesting one. He hasn't played the last couple of games and we know, that he's easily capable of a couple goals. Um, so if you're chasing in your mini league or um, you're looking to, to make up some lost ground in your overall rank or you just want to have a little fun with it, Mahrez is an interesting choice. And then with Salah, despite the misses that he's had, um, if he does play, you know, we've we've been burned plenty of times this season not going with Salah because we've talked ourselves out of it. And, uh, you know, as we've seen a lot on Twitter, it's just uh, the, the mantra is always Captain Salah. Yeah, he's he's always, he's generally the safe bet. And yeah. if he does something, you're going to get killed for it. Yep, yep. Um, Something that I mentioned that I want to circle back to is uh, is Man City and Pep Roulette. So, you know, there's week in and week out uh, comments um, on our posts, uh, people on Twitter, you name it, uh, talking about either, you know, so-and-so player is definitely going to start or so-and-so player definitely will not start. And people are basing this off of, um, you know, did this person start last game? If they did start last game, they're definitely, in quotations, not going to start the upcoming game. And if they didn't start the last game, then they'll definitely, quotations again, start the next game. I don't think Pep works like that. Pep is going to choose his team for um, using criteria that <laughs> that none of us, maybe we're not smart enough, maybe we're not crazy enough, uh, or insightful enough, or whatever it is, to be able to predict. There is no algorithm uh, that anybody can determine of how Pep chooses his team. Just because Mares hasn't started the last couple of games doesn't mean he's going to start 
this next game. So, you know, especially for those new to FPL, sometimes people coming on and saying definitely this or definitely that can uh, can skew the decisions of of those newbies. And you know, we just if you are new to it and you're not sure, um, you know, take it from us. There's there's no definite in any of this, um, especially when it comes to Man City. So go with what you think is is going to happen. Um, you know, the the word definitely um, should be taken out of um, the FPL vernacular. Next up, people wanted to know. Um, you know, who we think are sort of the essential players uh, for this last game week. Um, they wanted to know, you know, who are the essential free hit players for this final game week, and they want to know who our team is um, going in, or at least the, the current draft. So I think those are all similar, if not identical types of questions, and I think that should cover a lot of ground. So first, um, like I said about the word definitely, I think the word essential should also be taken out of FPL. I don't think any player is essential. You look at some of the the top 10 players in the world. Um, some of them don't have Bruno. Some of them don't have uh, Salah or Alexander-Arnold or De Bruyne. Remember, it is, it is an accumulation of points each week. One player usually doesn't you know, make or break things. Um, you know, it's it's that overall sort of broader decision making and overall team selection that matters the most. So um, don't feel like you have to try to squeeze uh, players into a team and, and take hits or do anything that you're not comfortable doing. This has to be, um, you know, again, based off of your analysis um, or, or people that you trust based off of gut feel, like Josh said, and so on. So um, don't love the word essential, but um, there are a lot of players that we like and that we want. So our current team draft, um, and we are on a free hit, is this. We have Pope and goal. We'll go through our starting 11 first. Pope and goal. Um, Alexander-Arnold, Tarkowski, and Aurier. Three in the back. We're playing a 3-5-2. Our five midfielders, De Bruyne, Bruno, Martial, Sterling, and David Silva. Uh, and then our front two guys, Kane and Ings. We haven't really talked about Ings at all. Another guy going for the golden boot. Another player whose team will do everything that it can to uh, funnel the ball to him and see if they can help him accomplish a goal. Um, on the bench, we've got Reyna. Um, important for us, even though, you know, there's really no question that Pope will start, but if we can afford a goalkeeper on the bench that um, is cheap and is going to start, all the better, just in case Pope injures himself in warm-ups or something like that, we've <clears throat> we've got a backup. Um, so on the bench, Reyna, Greenwood, Bardsley, and Lamptey. Now, uh, oh, and uh, our captain right now is Sterling, and our vice is Harry Kane, and that's all of course, uh, subject to change. Now, we've got a couple drafts of teams and some of the other players on our watch list. Sala, without a doubt. Um, Aubameyang, I think, presents an interesting option uh, and maybe an overlooked option. 
Garcia for Man City. No guarantee that he's going to start, but if he does, Man City seem uh, destined for a clean sheet against Norwich, or at least very likely to keep one, and he's only $4.5 million. That is not a bad price uh, to pay for him. So he's on our watch list. Uh, I think Luca Dean presents an interesting option. Robertson as well. And I'm trying to see if there's anyone else. Oh, uh, Antonio and Pulisic. And let's talk about Captain America for a minute. He's been great. <clears throat> we, as Americans, are massive fans of his, of course. We love what what he's doing in the Premier League. Um, you were going to say? He's amazing. He's amazing. Um, look at what, when he came off the bench. So we benched him uh, for this game week 37 plus and started Foden. So when Foden scored, um, you know, we were over the moon uh, thinking we had probably made the right decision to bench Pulisic in favor of starting Foden. And then Pulisic came on and I'm thinking, okay, maybe he's going to get a point and uh, we'll sort of validate our decision more. I think he ended with nine. So yeah. <clears throat> one more than uh, the person that we benched him for. And he just took over that game. Yeah. If, if Chelsea's defense, uh, you know, wanted to do anything and not concede five goals, I, I, I think Chelsea could have at least gotten away with a draw. He, in 30 minutes, he had a goal, mm -hmm. which was a great goal. Great finish and an assist where he just tore through the whole defense. Um, he just played great. And yeah, it's a real shame that that's something that worries me about Chelsea next year is they're bringing all these players in mm -hmm. and now they want Havertz for ninety million. Yeah, they already have Pulisic who's playing great. Right, and their defense is not. Their defense is yeah very subpar. <laughs> uh, in the Premier League this year, they've conceded fifty four goals. Um, if you compare that to a team who gets a lot more criticism about their defense, like Manchester United, who only conceded 36, there's that real difference there, um, and they're making these big signings and wanting to compete next year. Yeah. But they need to invest in the defense more than anything. You know, it seems like Lampard's trying to follow uh, the Pep Guardiola formula, which is just have a bench full of first-team, you know, starting 11 types of attackers. Um, Man City, similar boat. Um, the attack is, you know, riches and riches of, of options as far as that goes, but defensively, maybe not so much. Um, yeah, I think, you know, uh, playing time, you know, especially with five subs next season, it's going to be tough to choose the right Chelsea players. It's almost there's so many of them that choosing the right one is going to be tough. And if you're paying $90 million, uh, for someone, you sure as heck better start him a lot. Yeah, he, so he better be playing. Does, does Pulisic suffer as a result? Um, you know, does maybe uh, Havertz or maybe Pulisic, uh, they play two up top maybe and change change their shape uh, for most games. Uh, we know that uh, Werner coming from Leipzig played in sort of a, a two-striker um, shape. So maybe, maybe that's something they do. But anyway, um, the circle back. <clears throat> I think, um, I think that despite uh, the fixture uh, and the difficulties that it could potentially bring um, with Wolves, and Wolves have had a, a pretty strong defense. 
you could say that and even more about Liverpool and look at what Pulisic did. So uh, I, I have a feeling that we're going to regret not owning him and, and there's still time maybe for us to do that um, for this last game week of the season for sure. Um, but those are those are sort of the players that, that we currently own. The ones that are on our watch list are the ones that we think will um, make for 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 a good um, option for your game week 38 team. Whether you're, you've got one transfer, a couple, you're taking a hit, uh, you're uh, free hitting, or any of those combinations. So, um, you know, a couple others real quick. A lot of questions on captain or triple captain. I think we've kind of talked about that and we've presented a lot of those options and we've talked about captains already. All right, we're down to our last couple questions here and topics um, because a lot of the questions, and thank you guys, hundreds and hundreds of questions, um, but a lot of them are the same, right? Who are the quote-unquote essential players or the must-have players? Uh, you know, what players to target on a free hit? Um, you know, who to captain, that sort of stuff. But let's talk about taking a hit for a minute. So for those that aren't on free hit, um, which is probably the majority of people, um, similar to choosing differentials and taking a little bit of gamble on uh, owning player, not owning players that have a lot of ownership and owning those that don't. Um, part of it is what are you comfortable with um, and what are you trying to accomplish? So if... Um, if, if you really need to make some changes, you feel like you're, you're desperate to make changes because rank or mini league or whatever it is, <clears throat> then you've got to take calculated risk. So you need to think about, will the player that I'm bringing in probably deliver more points than the one that I'm getting rid of? And really, um, and we've, we've posted this and we've talked about this in the past, you really need to think about, can the player that I'm bringing in give me um, seven points. And here's why. Let me do the math real quick. <clears throat> Two points for playing. Let's just say that the player you're going to get rid of um, plays 60-plus minutes. There's two points right there. You're taking a hit. There's another four points. So now you're in a hole of six points. To make this hit worthwhile... The player you're bringing in has to deliver at least one point more than the one that you've gotten rid of, right? Um, that means a minimum of seven. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a like a big ask when you think about it. Um, like a big ask for your player. Yeah. Because um, you have to be you have to be pretty confident in your player to yep. make back this sort of return. Um, because even Let's say you're bringing in a striker or mm -hmm. a, a forward, an attacker, mm -hmm. and he just scores, nothing else. That's six points. That means that that just means you pretty much did nothing. You, yeah. right. you might have you didn't really gain anything because they didn't get you any more than what your player yeah. could have gotten. Right. You have to be fairly certain, and that means uh, how you feel in your gut um, and trusting your intuition, and that also means do the analysis, look at the underlying stats, look at what the odds makers are saying. If it's for a defender, what, you know, how is their team looking for chances on a clean sheet? Uh, if it's an attacker, 
you know, what is, how does their performance look? Do the eye test. Have they, have they looked great or not? Don't worry so much about, um, about the matchup, about the fixtures. I think the form is more important because, uh, look at Pulisic. Yes. And, uh, against, uh, a, a team where everybody thought that Liverpool were just going to shut Chelsea down. Not only does Liverpool have a great defense that's performed well pretty much all year long, um, but they're at home and, uh, it's trophy presentation night. And, um, we just saw that, that, that even for the best teams, um, that's hard to do. So, um, you know, trust your instinct and, and go with the stats. And again, not so much fixture, unless of course you're looking to bring in a, uh, Norwich defender or something a lot. I would advise against that. Yes. Let's just, let's just put that out there. You want to talk about must haves and essentials. Uh, it is essential to not start a Norwich defender. Yeah, there's. It, it, there was there might not there might not always be must haves, but there always are must nots. Right, um, and then this will be the last question, and then maybe we'll have some closing thoughts. Uh, is about Jack Grealish um, and bringing him in as an option. He's going to be an amazing differential if he does uh, anything of note, uh, provides him any sort of goal involvement. Really, um, his team knows that. He's the one to get the ball to. And if you looked at how he played last game, he missed a couple of chances, um, but he was extremely impressive. And man, was he out there working hard. You could see the determination on his face. I think Grealish could be a real sort of sleeper in all this. And I think for those that have the stomach for it, uh, I think it's worth the punt. I think... um, I think he could go out. Villa are in need of a result of some sort, and uh, he's the leader of that team, and if anybody's going to get it, it's going to be him. So um, I say go for it, you know? Take a chance. Yeah, why not? It's the last game It's the last game of the season. Just Yeah, go out and have a little bit of fun with it. Especially if you're just trying to gain some ranking. Yeah. Um, why not? Just yep. might as well go for it. So um, we're going to end the Q&A session, but before we end the podcast completely, um, a couple of things. One is, obviously, uh, the production quality on this is probably worse than most um, and maybe better than, than none or a yeah. few. <clears throat> you know, Hopefully the content, though, um, has been informative, entertaining, you know, whatever it is you're looking for in an FPL podcast. That's the most important part for us. Um, and then lastly, we just want to say thank you. Um, we've been around, I think, for four years now. Um, you know, and, and followers, accumulating a lot of followers isn't important to us. What's important to us are the followers that we have, if that makes sense. Uh, we have interacted with so many of you. Um, you know, you, you ask us questions. You give us great ideas. Uh, we just talk about the different parts of the world that we live in. Uh, I've gotten to know some of you uh, on what I would consider to be a friend level uh, and people that I certainly would like to meet at, at some point um, down the road. And you know, your, your, your interactions on our posts, um, you know, and helping each other out 
uh, with different questions. It's It's been an amazing ride. Um, it's sad to say that this season is coming to an end, even though luckily we had an end of the season to have. Um, you know, I know at one point we were worried that maybe the, the season would be called off. So we're thankful for that for sure. And the good news is that even though the season is ending, the next season, there's a lot less time between the end yeah, of this right season and the start corner. of next. Yeah, it'll just be a few weeks. Um, we're not going to go anywhere uh, between the end of this season and um, the start of the 2021 season. And because that gap is a lot smaller, we're going to start thinking about players. And we'll come up with lists of, of players that we want in our squads for next season. And we'll start to think of all that. We'll look at you know transfer news and all that. So um, don't leave us. We're not going anywhere, so if if you're there for us, we promise to be there for you guys too. So yeah, there shouldn't actually be a gap really at all, considering Champions League happens. Yeah, and pretty much the next season starts. So <clears throat> there'll be plenty of stuff to talk about for sure, and and the transfer situation <clears throat> should be interesting. And hopefully, uh, the Premier League announces the the official start to next season. We've heard that it's going to be somewhere around the twelfth of September that weekend. So. That's, you know, six weeks away. And uh, we know that FPL will start probably a minimum of two weeks before that. So it's really a month or less that uh, there's a break in the FPL action. So we wish you guys nothing but green arrows this coming game week. Uh, we'll continue to answer questions and reply to DMs as best we can. Um, you know, we do this between my work Josh's school and his football and and you know life. So um, this is unfortunately not a full time job for us, but we wish it were. Um, so if we don't get to you, it's nothing personal. It's just there's not enough hours in the day. Just like there's not enough spaces for all of the the midfielders that we want. Yeah, it was only five. <laughs> it's the equivalent of that. But anyway, guys, thanks for listening to this, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. And until then, we say peace, peace, and goodbye.